This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. On the Morning Drive, uh, Brett Yormark uh, spoke to uh, the club, the Red Raider Club uh, folks yesterday, 1,200 of you. Uh, they were at the Civic Center right across the street from us here in downtown Lubbock. And he was uh, asked afterwards why it was important for him to come to Lubbock. Well, I'm trying to do as much as I can in support of our members. If I can't be there, I'm, I'm doing pre-tape videos, candidly. Um, and I just think it's, an impo- it's important for me to get on campus. I still have a lot to learn. Every time I'm on campus and, and I'm meeting with different key stakeholders, I'm picking up ideas, I'm, I'm furthering you know, my knowledge of the industry. So very important for me to get back on campus. I'll visit all the schools this fall, uh, in, including the, the incoming four, um, to visit campus, to see a football game, and just to understand who's doing what and how they're doing it. In fact, he left uh, Lubbock and went to Colorado uh, from here yesterday to uh, to do that. And I asked him, we are just casually talking there uh, when he got done. I said, are you ever home? And uh, for him, home now is Dallas. He said he loves Dallas. He said he loves the restaurant scene. He's kind of getting into it. His wife's going to move there soon uh, from New York. And, uh, you know, he said the only thing he hasn't adjusted to is the heat and the humidity. He said, Basically, that you know, it's in the mid '80s now in New York, and he goes, and "I'm just not, I'm just not used to this." It's not mid '80s here. Yeah, no, or Dallas, or Dallas, not uh, not mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, one other thing that he was asked about yesterday, uh, a number of things, but one thing, another thing that I really wanted to get to is ideal number for schools in the Big Twelve, and if the conference continues uh, to plan expansion. Well, you know, it's an interesting question. You know, as I. We did a lot, and as I mentioned earlier today, we did a lot of scenario management because it was such a fluid process over the last year. Um, what does staying put mean? What is going, you know, to 14 mean? What does 16 mean? I, I can tell you that the Four Corners was a dream scenario for us. And when you look at my whiteboard, and I, uh, you know, I, I, I use a lot of data. I like to follow the data. The, the probability wasn't all that high, at least from my perspective, but it happened, and we embrace it. And right now, we look at 16 as an ideal number. Uh, and now my focus is integrating those four schools and doing it um, in all the right ways. In fact, when I leave here, I'm going right to Colorado. And I'll be meeting with their leadership because it's important that they come in feeling really good. We had an AD meeting last week. All four new ADs were present. So they're part of the family already. And for me, it's about making sure that transition is fluid and very positive. So next year, everyone's feeling really good about where we are. Uh, meanwhile, it looks like, Jamie, that uh, the ACC is, uh, is ramping up. But uh, interesting that right for the moment, uh, 16 stand and pat uh, for the Big 12 and trying to kind of get everybody underneath the umbrella as best they can. But I'm sure if opportunities presented itself that made sense for the Big 12, they would probably look at it. But right now, nothing really else looks makes, makes sense. Yeah, like it would make sense. So it feels like 16 is the number mm-hmm. that's going to be for a while. Um, meanwhile, it looks like uh, Stanford, California, and SMU uh, could be headed to the ACC. What, what I'm curious about is what's the financial aspect of this? Because both Stanford and SMU basically said, hey, pick us and don't pay us. <laughs> so I wonder, I wonder if that's still the case. And then, 
man, if that if that becomes the case, if if uh, Stanford and California go, then my goodness, you know, if you're Washington State, it just gets even worse. And Oregon State, I mean, then they're they're basically forced to to drop down to the ACC, AAC, or the Mountain West, or something along those lines. Uh, and then the Pac-12 just completely goes away. Mm-hmm. The yep. Pac-12 just completely, completely goes away. Yeah, I'm, I'm all this violin playing jazz mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, it's just really interesting what the ACC is doing here, considering doing here. Yeah, and you just, wonder what is the win? Um, well, TV market on the West Coast. Yeah, TV TV market, and to be in the state of Texas. Even uh, though SMU, by no stretch of the imagination, is <laughs> leading the charge in the state of Texas anywhere. Well, here and here's the deal for SMU, according to this ESPN article, um, that they would take no broadcast media revenue for the first seven years in the league. Um, and for Cal and Stanford to take a reduced share of the ACC mm-hmm. payout. Um and both of those schools are Which is expected pretty, to receive the same reduced share. Yeah, that that's pretty common mm-hmm. for teams coming in to take sure. a reduced mm-hmm. share, but not common to take no share. No share, right? Yeah, that's uh, unprecedented. Um, the ACC contract for uh, AC with the ESPN goes through twenty thirty six, and one of the things that that Brett Yormark said yesterday in his uh, address to the crowd was that when they did the TV deal. They did it through 2031, you know, with the new the new deal, um, with the hopes that they could get a second bite of the apple before the Big Ten and the SEC come along. Now, I mean, 2031 is a long time from now, um, in, especially in today's realm of, of college athletics and what's gone on. And so you you wonder, are we even going to get to 2031 before deals are redone or blown up or things change? I mean, the whole everything's changing so much at such a rapid speed, it would be hard to believe that everything's going to kind of stay in, in lock like we've got right now until 2031. Yeah, it is a long time. Um, I feel like the Big 12 Conference very easily could stay the same until 2031. I don't know about the rest of college football. Mm-hmm. It just feels like there's so much... The ACC's got so much going on. There's so much talk and so much unhappiness. Something's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And and you wonder, too, is are, will there be some additional money um, coming in uh, to the ACC from the TV contracts to allow them to bring in Stanford and, uh, and Colorado? So or Stanford and, uh, Cal. and Cal. Yeah. Um, Did we give them Colorado? No, 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 no. I just, no. just misspoke. I mean, they wouldn't have to offer us too much, <laughs> no, right. as I'm concerned. No, no. Uh, they, they have to get 12 of the 15 members to vote yes. And so far, Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, North Carolina State are opposed to Cal and Stanford. But that's that was two weeks ago, which, again, that's that's almost an, an eternity in, in time. Yeah. And part of this may only include um, – Football, men's and women's basketball, and that's it. You know, for Stanford and Cal. So, okay. so maybe some of those sports wouldn't necessarily be full members. They wouldn't necessarily be a full member of the ACC. But there's again so much, so much in change here that would 
could could take place um there would be that would be that's kind of what i i think that's what everybody sees part of the, the future of some of the stuff that's gone on is you know the the bigger sports so to speak the revenue sports uh which would primarily be football and men's basketball um but and football for the most part is you know as we all know 80 percent of the revenue so men's well, they're not gonna they're not gonna do it for men's basketball not do it for women's that's basketball. right yeah no you're right about that uh, but my point so was if you're gonna do that with the leagues for men's basketball you'll see the women's basketball in there yeah even if it's not a revenue sport yeah um so anyway the, the bottom line is this is that um or profitable um as as you would say um but we'll see. We'll see what happens with uh, with the ACC and and Stanford and Cal and uh, SMU, which just like just seems to be just begging to find themselves some kind of level of relevance. I think that's the right word. You know, yeah. begging because they're desperation. They're, desperation. They're willing to go in mm-hmm. uh, and take take nothing and to well, they just realize how important it is to get into one of these conferences. Mm-hmm get themselves a spot at the table because um they're probably fearful of the four super conferences or whatever and that's going to be one level of college football and then there's going to be a different level and Mm -hmm. and they're trying to make sure that they're in yeah all right so uh, we'll take your thoughts comments on all that Uh, this day in sports history is next we'll have baseball this afternoon for you the astros and the red sox at 1240 on 100.7 the score balls and strikes at about 105 Rangers and Twins tonight from Minneapolis, 5.30 the broadcast time. 6.05 first pitch from Minneapolis tonight. Twin Cities as uh, the Rangers look to end a six-game losing streak. Didn't lose any ground yesterday. Astros lost, Mariners lost. Both those teams losing in extra innings. Astros to the Bo Sox and uh, the Mariners to the Chai Sox. So Rangers lead the Astros by one and the Mariners by one and a half heading into play today. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. This day in sports history today is August the 24th, 2023. Here's Jeff McGuire with this day in sports history. Going to 1912 to get us kicked off today. Mm -hmm. Because there was a ticker tape parade in New York City. Oh, how about that? For Jim Thorpe and the victorious U.S. Olympians. Hmm. Too bad he loses medal and would have to not get it back until after he died. <laughs> well, after he died, you seem stupid. Olympic committee, you're still pretty disgusted by that, aren't you? Stupid decisions were stupid decisions, and they need to be pointed out so people don't make stupid decisions. <clears throat> that was a stupid decision. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm is glad we never do that. Is that what we're going to do today? Every time somebody makes a stupid decision, we're going to let them know. In the history of the morning drive. We have never done anything that stupid. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I'll agree. I'll agree. Have we been dumb? Sure. Not that stupid. I feel like I'm going to have a sore throat if I just walk around all day telling people when I think that they're doing something <laughs> dumb. 1918. <laughs> Chicago Cubs win the pennant. Mm-hmm. It's the earliest pennant ever. The season wouldn't end until September 2nd. Hmm. They were the National League champs today. August the 24th. Wow. 1940, Red Sox left fielder Ted Williams pitches the last two innings of a 12-1 loss to the Detroit Tigers. He would allow three hits and one run. Hmm. You 
hurt his arm in that one? No? I don't think so. Okay. I wonder how many hits he had in the game, though. Did he get more hits than mm-hmm. he gave up? Oh, see, that would be pretty cool. That's an interesting thing. I don't know. Yeah, that's something for Shohei Otani when he gets healthy. Next season. Yeah. 1951, Bill Vec, Major League St. Louis Browns, hold a grandstand manager day. Coaches hold up place cards for fans to vote on strategy options. What? It worked. Browns defeat the visiting A's 5-3. to three. So they would just turn and show it to the crowd? Mm-hmm. And the opposing team couldn't see it, I guess. I don't know if it was like just behind the dugout or if they like did a whole everybody in the crowd. What do you think we should do? Kind of thing. I got I, no. I wasn't there. I don't know. It's but like it one worked. of those books that we used to read as kids, where you could like choose the out. Like, like, do you think this choose your own adventure should, books? Yeah. Do you yeah. think the character should do this or mm-hmm. this? If this, flip to page seventy. If this, flip to page eighty. Those were fun. Those were the good old days. 1975, San Francisco Giant Ed Halleck, no hits. The New York Giants, six to nothing. 2006, after signing a contract with the San Francisco 49ers, Jerry Rice officially retires from the NFL. Don't feel like he was getting one over on the 49ers. It was just a one-day deal. Yeah, one of those deals. I like those. Those are cool. Yeah. I, I, I see I a guy retire with his team. Mm-hmm. Who do you, he do you play for? Just the Raiders? Raiders and Seahawks? I think there was some. But he's thinking there was somebody like there else. Was another one. You might what's, be right with the Seahawks. What's the? Did the Saints? Did he ever play for the Saints? I don't remember that. Okay, let me Google that real quick here. And in 2008, the star-studded American men's basketball team, led by the likes of LeBron James, Chris Paul, and Kobe Bryant, win the gold medal at the Beijing Olympics. Closer than you might think, 118 to 107 with a win over Spain. I've watched uh, a few of the uh, the current Team USA playing, and I'm embarrassed to tell you that um, I would say about 90% of them, I have no idea which team they play on in the NBA. It might be possible that 50% of them have changed teams twice since they last played. Yeah, But I've, I've enjoyed watching them play. I don't know that that's, you should be embarrassed by that. I feel like I can, there's a bunch of it, like Anthony Edwards. I'm like, okay, well, I know where he played in college. Mm-hmm. I have no idea which team he plays for now in the league. Yeah, I'm a little embarrassed by that, but I did just admit it, so oh well. <laughs> it is national. Admitting my problems half the battle, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Happy National Peach Pie Day. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good with the peach pie. Jamie, peach pie? No, thank you. I don't do anything peach. You do not. Is I'm it not a very peachy guy. Too fuzzy for you? <laughs> I no, just don't love the flavor of peach. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I find that a little surprising, to be honest. Oh, really? How about the nectarine? No, it comes from the kind of the peach family. Yeah, no, no, not really there. <laughs> okay, yeah. Happy birthday to Vince McMahon, who's seventy-eight. Dave Chappelle, fifty. Reggie Miller, fifty-eight. Uh, Craig Kilborn, 61, and Cal Ripken Jr. is 63. And in Prague on this day in 2006, Prague. the International Astronomical Union votes to demote Pluto from as from the ninth planet from the sun <laughs> to one of its dozen known dwarf planets. Dwarf planet. The vote followed a week of debate by the IAU, who voted on multiple proposals, including one that kept not just Pluto as a planet, but also added two new planets. They didn't. 
the ultimate proposal defined the world pla- the word planets, which comes from the Greek word uh, to wander. Supposedly, once and for all, planets are celestial objects large enough to be made rounded by their gravitational orbit around the sun and have pushed away nearby planetary objects and debris. The scientific reclassification has a worldwide cultural impact, as suggested by the American Dialect Society's choice of Plutoid in 2006's World of Word of the Year, meaning to demote or devalue something or someone. Plutoid? Plutoid. You were Plutoid. If you were demoted or devalued. If I am, okay, I'm Plutoid. So if I was demoting or devaluing Chuck, would I be Plutoiding? Plutoiding. Or would I be a Plutoider? You'd be a Plutoider and you would be Plutoiding. Hmm. Yeah. Try not to Plutoid anybody today, (laughs) Chuck. I'm going to try that. Uh, and, and is it Pluto back now amongst the planets? Did they vote him? No, it's. I thought still they voted him back in. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Now, what some about the dog? Does he still exist? <laughs> some state legislatures have been uh, have named March thirteenth, Pluto uh, Pluto Day, in a stubborn dismissal of Pluto's demotion. And that is this day in sports history. Hey. Uh, not to irritate you, but did you see this uh, breaking news from the Chicago White Sox? Did they fire their manager? No, no. It's a, did Jerry Reinser still the team? No, no. It's a, it's a little worse than that. They Are ret- they moving out of Chicago? They no. retired Michael Jordan's number forty-five. No, they are bringing <laughs> they are bringing in Tony Larusa to be a consultant to the front office. Let him consult. I got no issue. Yeah. Don't let him coach. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. probably a good spot for him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, just keep the liquor cabinet locked up. <laughs> uh, this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. I saw a story on this, but then I I lost it this morning when I was trying to go back to it. Uh, AD said yesterday, that would be Aaron Dickens on Tech Talk, that adding those teams to the ACC, Stanford, uh, Cal, and SMU, without giving them a share of the pie or any of that pie, will increase the payout to the existing members because the TV networks are contractually obligated to pay out 70% of the contract per team amount for each additional team. Assumption is that the distribution of the new money would be doled out to either the higher profile or better performing teams. AD said that Stanford and Cal's part of the revenue would be around 8 to 9 mil per team. Might be fewer sports at those schools going forward. Yeah, I have seen Yeah, that. because they're significantly less in the ACC than mm-hmm. what the, the Big Ten and the SEC are, what yeah. their deal is. And so they do have a clause in their contract where it gets it, 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 the money goes up if you add teams. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you're not giving um, Stanford and Cal their full amount, and you're giving SMU nothing, then there's a lot of money there that's saved because you're getting it from the network, but you're not have to, having to give it to those schools all of it. Okay, and so I don't know, man. It 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 kind of feels like. Uh, the model of uh, the better you do, the more money you make seems like a a good one, right? I mean, that's that's the real world. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not sure that that was the intent of the TV guys for that to be like that, so that because in essence, what yeah. I would what I would assume by this is they would they would either pacify Florida State by giving them that's more just, money. Yeah, just about to say that's what Florida State's got yeah. beef with. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I, I don't know, but I mean, Oklahoma could have had the same complaint for a lot of years here in the Big 12 Conference, right? Sure, Texas yeah. too, but Texas got no. their Texas got their way with the Longhorn Network, but certainly Oklahoma. Yeah, Texas wasn't running this conference football wise. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, Oklahoma was. Sure, sure. Yeah, Texas wasn't. Yeah. Uh, just... Real quick, Jerry Rice played eleven games for Seattle his final year yeah. after being traded from Oakland to Seattle. So well, we were right. Well, well done, Jeff. Nobody will be pl- plutoiding you today. And oh, the, many, many people will, but and, just not yet. And the team that you were looking for, Denver, he did not play for them, but he was he had signed with them in the offseason, according to his Wikipedia. But he never he was played. A, he was a practice player. Uh, I was looking for Denver. <laughs> well, I thought we were. I, I I was looking for a fourth team. I was looking for the third team. I was yeah. looking for the third. And team. Jeff had it right. Yeah. yeah, I was looking for the Saints on top of that, but it was it was Denver. Okay. All right. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Great to have you with us. You uh, have sports reactions to things or things from life that you want to share with us. Hit us up on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double t ninety seven three dot com for that or the mobile app. Uh, this uh, they shut off the construction cam for the practice yesterday. Well, that was good thinking. <laughs> Somebody thought that. Mm. Not sure if they turned it back on afterwards. Okay, well. That's, again, probably good thinking. Yeah. Uh, Paul says this, I've heard the football players say the new field was softer than their mattress. Kirby, let us have a sleepover on the field one night before a home game. <laughs> That's what they'll do. That's what they'll do. Um, well, I hope it's not too soft. I mean, I've heard it. I, I, I've heard that. I'd, I'd heard that a little bit. Um, you know, but one of the things that they... It's got to be solid enough for them to plant and cut. Sure. And- not sure. Blow out knees and sure. all, that good all those stuff. things. So I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's. And one of the things that Coach Kingsbury had previously liked about the old turf was that it was fast. It was a fast turf. <clears throat> he liked that for his offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the turf worked out better than, than uh, what was going on in the field, but and that was just kind of the way it worked sometimes. But at any rate, so, uh, but the field looks, it looks awesome. Uh, and so that's uh, that's good news. All right, Coach Joy McGuire uh, talked to the media after the practice yesterday, and here was his his basically statement of kind of how things are going. It's great to see everybody. Uh, just finished our uh, walkthrough Thursday. We're kind of um, trying to start prepping these guys for more of a game week. Next week we'll actually have a simulated game week, all the way up into going to the hotel and the way we eat on a Friday night. Um, going to the movies on a Friday night. Like, I mean, we're going to try to cover everything. So we're going into Wyoming that uh, we understand exactly where we're supposed to be and what the game week looks like. Um, still not totally like that, but this was our no sweat Thursday. It should be all mental. Um, we'll come back. The difference is we'll have another walk through this afternoon and, um, you know, have some more meetings. Had a really good practice yesterday, very physical. Uh, it's good to see some guys, uh, you know, Ty Buchanan. I feel like uh, we, won't, we won't scrimmage him on fr- uh, Saturday, but he'll get a full two weeks getting ready for Wyoming looks great uh, Ty Matthews uh, you know he looks really good um, again we won't scrimmage him on Saturday just you know we don't want to push that calf in a live scrimmage yet um, but feel great about the two weeks uh, going in and then you know bumps and bruises but everybody else is doing really good was happy with yesterday a lot of yesterday was a two-minute drill coming out uh, goal line four-minute drill, 
Um, so yesterday was all situational football. I thought they handled it well. Um, and then we'll do it again. Be a lot of situations like that in the scrimmage on, on uh, Saturday to get ready for Wyoming. All right, that's uh, Joey McGuire. One, and I'm, I, I wasn't there, so I don't know what the context was, but Coach McGuire was asked about the backup linebackers that are getting reps with uh, Tyreek Matthews out. No? Okay. Uh, at any rate, uh, they're working on they're working on that uh, situation there, but I think he'll be good to go for Wyoming, but apparently dealing with uh, a bit of a calf injury and um, – not uh, not going to, like you said, push the calf a little bit too much. Smart. That's smart. Yeah, that's smart. Uh, 719 this morning here on the morning drive. Take your thoughts and comments. Yates Morning Center chat line. Go to double com for that of the mobile app. Uh, Visual Edge IT hotline is open too at 806-771-0973. Uh, going back to uh, Kirby Hokut for uh, just a moment. He... Uh, he was asked about uh, Brett Yormark coming to town, the commissioner of the Big 12, and what it meant uh, for Yormark to come to Lubbock and uh, be a part of the Red Raider Club luncheon yesterday. No, it doesn't happen. And honestly, I asked him, and he said, absolutely, I will be there. It's just an exciting time, and he senses the, the energy. We, we were having dinner with the Yormarks on, on Saturday night, and... In the middle of a bite, he asked, you know, so y'all are excited about this season. You have a chance to be really good this season. And before I could answer, uh, Diane, my wife, uh, answered the question for me. She said, can you believe the energy that Joey McGuire has generated? Can you believe he was born on August the 6th for Texas Tech to have a, a football coach that was born on 806? And, Commissioner, that's our area code, don't you know? And I was like, preach, Diane, preach. But, you know, he... He's challenged us all to think differently. He, he's brought a different way of thinking to college athletics that is uh, needed in today's environment and in today's world. And I couldn't be more excited that uh, he's our commissioner. And I tell you, the ideas that he brings forward are, are uh, coming faster than we, we can digest. So it's going to be a promising future. Uh, he's got ideas on how to expand and grow our brand that our fans will see over the course of the next couple of years that they'll be excited about. I think that's about as excited as I've heard Kirby or animated, you know, get when he's talking to the media like that. You know, just the, you know, when his wife started chiming in for him, it's like she's, she was pretty excited. He, he's born on 806, you know, and everybody's excited. Everybody's bought in. Everybody, man, I sure hope this goes well, Jamie. <laughs> hope the season goes goes great, which I, I certainly think it. I, th- I certainly think it has every chance to. And one of the things that Coach McGuire talked about yesterday at the Red Raider Club luncheon was, and we've talked about this, um, you know, the offensive line, and he he talked about how experienced it was, and pointing out that you know nine of the guys on the on the two deep, you know, have played college football against Division One opponents. Um, not all of them necessarily for Texas Tech, but just spoke about the depth and the experience and and the age of that offensive line. And, you know, as we all know, a lot hinges on that. But uh, the experience of what comes back and what is here leads, I think, everyone to believe that, you know, they're going to have a good year and, and certainly be able to protect the quarterback. It's massive. <clears throat> I think you've got a lot of really good offensive weapons and, if you're able to improve upon where you were last year with your offensive line, which at times was not very good, 
um, if you're able to improve, it feels like those weapons could really turn into a, a just a massive season of offense and, and also really enjoyable, fun to watch. Yeah, that kind of style. Mm-hmm. And you know, but could, I mean, it's the offensive line is just so incredibly important, right? And there's a there's a lot of eggs in that in that basket per mm-hmm. se, right? A lot of a lot of eggs in that basket. So, seven uh, twenty two this morning here on the morning drive. Take thoughts and comments. Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double t ninety seven three dot or the mobile app. The Visual Edge IT hotline is open too at eight zero six seven seven one zero nine seven three. Uh, I saw this this morning early. Uh, this is from The Athletic. And they rank the top uh, 133 teams. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it started at 130 in 2017. They decreased it to 76 for the COVID season. Returned to 130 in 21. Grew to 131 in 22 with the arrival of James Madison. And now it's 133 as Sam Houston and Jacksonville State join the FBS, okay? Now, the top 10 would come as no surprise to you. Uh, Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, top five, then USC, Penn State, Florida State, Washington, and Tennessee. So that's probably no no surprise with any of those teams. Uh, in the second 10, the Big 12 schools, you've got a future one in Utah at 12, a current one, Texas, at 13, two current ones, TCU, and Kansas State at 15-16. Surprisingly, I, and this is surprisingly to me, Oregon State at 17. And it just it makes you wonder, okay, if we're, and, they're, and they're probably wondering too, man, for as good a football team as we have coming back, they were 10-3 and three last year. Oh, we're basically in no man's land next year with a conference. Mm-hmm. Crazy. You know, when you, when, yeah. you, when you think about it, uh, and in all fairness to them. Um, Oklahoma is ranked 25th. So you're saying to yourself, where is Texas Tech in this athletic top 133? Uh, they have the Red Raiders at 30th. Okay. Okay. So behind, though, teams like Iowa, Troy, South Alabama, and Boise State. And then in the top 25, one of the teams that I found, found interesting was UTSA at 24 and Tulane at 23. So those two teams will have tougher schedules early on than they will later on. So we'll see how uh, how that might change as the season goes through. But anyway, there you go. Texas Tech, according to The Athletic, right now, they're top, a top 30 team. And obviously they do a lot of research and a lot of thinking into that. You know, they don't just do it. Oh, willy-nilly. Oh, willy-nilly. They didn't, the like, flip coins. Cavalier. Or, I yeah. did, however, hear there was a hat involved. Okay. Anyway. So I'm not, like, uh, over the roof, over the moon, mm-hmm. over the ceiling. <laughs> right. All Excited mm-hmm. over uh, top 30. Yeah. You know, I think we can mm, push that up a little bit this year. I do, too. Yeah. But it's a good start. I'm all right with that. Yeah. But I get- guess the real question is, are you over the floor? Over the floor. I am under the floor. You're heavier under the floor. Yeah. Heavier been on the floor. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3. What you got? What you got? What you got? I mean, with your best shot. Okay. I'm going to give you three names. Mm-hmm. 
of guys that we felt like were going to be, let's just say, have bigger seasons than they had last year. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go with Austin McNamara. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I am going, excuse me, Baylor Cup. Mm -hmm. Baylor Cup. And I am going to go with uh, Miles Price. Okay. Okay. And which uh, my question is, which one do you expect to have the biggest bounce back? I think Miles Price. I think I think because your offense is going to be better, your quarterback uh, is going to have a little more time to throw. Uh, hopefully, he's healthier. And uh, you know, as as much as I'd like uh, Austin McNamara to have a great year, I don't want him to have too many opportunities to have a great year because that means your offense is stalling. So. I'm going to go with uh, Miles Price. See, I'm going to go with the guy that's done it on like an elite level, and that's going to be Austin McNamara. Last year was the anomaly for what he's been since he's been here, and you know we heard a lot about from coaches and even uh, him on uh, Report Day that there was a little bit last year where he kind of got into his own head and got it worked out by the end of the season, but that was enough that kind of had us all questioning what, it, it, what he was doing and until the later part of the season when other things were going on and we weren't paying as much of attention. But uh, that experience leads to clearer thoughts and longer punts when he is needed. So I'm going to go with Austin. All right, my order is Austin McNamara, Miles Price, and then Baylor Cup. I, I, I agree with everything that Jeff just said there. I think it was a little bit mental. With Austin, it did appear like uh, at the end of the year he kind of got some things figured out uh, and was punting much better. So I'm, I'm expecting a bigger 2023 from him. I, the reason I peel back or tap the brakes a little bit on Miles Price is just because I think you have a receiving core that's mm-hmm. uh, that's really good. you got a lot of different guys. And Miles' numbers were still ultimately okay last year. Um, and so I don't think he's going to blow by those numbers from a season ago because you have such depth at the wide receiver position. Uh, and as far as Baylor Cup goes, I think he's a talented guy, but, I mean, eh, I mean I'm not breaking any news here, but, I mean, if you just look at the numbers, Tyler Shuck does, does not throw to the tight ends as much. Okay, that's his M.O., and he doesn't throw to the middle of the field as much where tight ends do a lot of their work. So... Um, I I just feel like with with uh, Cup he's still a talented guy, and I think they're you're going to find ways that they're going to you know those tight ends include Tharp and Teeter in the mix too are going to make some big plays for you uh, at times. I just don't think with all those wide receivers with Shuck's tendencies, I don't think the tight ends will be you know a huge factor for you this year again. Okay. 7.34 this morning on the morning drive. Do you have an opinion on that? Hit us up on the 8th Flooring Center chat line. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank or the Visual Edge IT hotline. Um, yeah, I, I I think Jeff makes a lot of sense there. Um, I'm just I'm just hoping not to see him very much, Austin McNamara. But when you see yeah, him... Yeah, no, you, that's, that's fair, but... When you see him, you want him to be great and punt the ball downfield. And, and I think, too, one of the things that... Even Coach McGuire uh, talked about this a little bit uh, at at one point in time during the season that they tried to be a little too direct with him in terms of you know kind of changing his style to get him to to kick the ball you know just to help them defensively a little bit and, and instead of just 
hey, go back there and kick it as far as you can, you know, trying to do some, you know, out-of-bounds stuff and things like that, coffee corner, those those kinds of things, which... Well, I'm a fan of the angle punt. Yeah. I, re- I really am. Um, just, you don't want to kick it through the back of the end zone. That you're Every time, right? No, I, I get you. Or... Yeah. Ever, if you're yeah. punting, really. Mm-hmm. Right. No, you're you're right about that. I don't know. If he's punting from the five and can put it through the back of the end zone, I kind of want to see that once. Okay. Well, I'd rather <laughs> it be downed at the five. Well, yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, it's it, it's it's something that they kind of jicked with a little bit. Jicked? Uh, jicked. Kind of jicked with it a little bit. <laughs> how, how do we spell jicked? Uh, J-I-C-K-E-D. Jicked. Jicked. I don't know if that would be an official spelling bee word that would be. J I C K E D. <laughs> kind of jicked with it a little bit there. Jicked. Yeah. Ba-ba. How about that, huh? Um, Jeff? A Jeff? stupid, foolish, dim witted, sne- stinky, or otherwise unpredictable person, place, mm-hmm. thing, or event. <laughs> <laughs> jicked with, you think that was maybe overplayed just a little bit? Uh, I mean, ultimately, it's a person. No. I don't think you can kind of jick with it. You can jick with it a little bit. You can get no. jicky with it. Person, place, thing, or event, or memory. See, uh, Jeff seems to have my back on this. I, the Urban Dictionary has your back. Let me make this very clear. Okay, thank you. <laughs> jicked. Jicked. Kind of jicked with it a little In bit. In the game of jickball, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's jickball? a game of jickball. Huh, did not... That didn't sounds play like that at Golden Oaks. That sounds like something that Chuck and his college friends did at their <laughs> boys only parties. You know, this you know gets brought up too often. You know, we we did that. It's one, time. one of your funnier stories. <laughs> is it okay? It is one of your funnier stories. Okay. Funnier stories. Okay. I mean, what college guy what was doesn't that? want was, girls it was, around? It was post college. It was post college. Oh, that it? makes it even worse. It was my first job in radio college, but we did it. We, it was a ploy, and it worked. We just no. <laughs> <laughs> the ploy was to get the girls to want to come. That was the ploy. I mean, it worked. I mean, you know, like, no, you can't. You guys were playing hard to get. No, you can't. <laughs> See, it's uh, one so of your best stories ever. Somebody it's... says this, and Chuck would know that word. Yeah, I would know that word. <laughs> hey, we uh, we missed something from this day in sports history, <laughs> and I'm really kind of shocked that and maybe you've done it before on this day in sports history, and you just chose not not to do not to do it uh, on this day in sports history august the 24th 2019 ray caldwell while pitching not our ray caldwell or that's that's not ray caldwell ray uh who are we talking about ray caldwell the pitcher what's our guys ray ray hayward ray hayward okay i'm sorry <laughs> got it just got it confused there for a second had a brain freeze. I don't think he's ever played jickball. Probably not. Anyway, Ray Caldwell, okay, pitching for the Cleveland Indians against the Philadelphia Athletics, was struck by lightning. He didn't dodge it. Okay, he had not <laughs> learned to bad, dodge it yet. It's a but bad how, deal. But how about this? He had pitched eight and two thirds. He, despite being knocked unconscious, refused to leave the game. Getting that last out. He got the last out. Got the complete game. And then on September the 10th, he pitched a no hitter against his former teammates, the New York Yankees. The reason that he was their former teammate is that Ray had a tendency to go out and um, probably imbibe a little bit too much and then be unavailable to, to some. 
when they signed him, Tris Speaker, who was the player manager for the Indians, he told Ray Caldwell to sp- stick to a specific reg- regimen. Pitch, drink, sleep the hangover the next day, then come back for wind sprints two days later and batting practice the day after that. <laughs> that was the secret to success for Ray Caldwell, who wasn't exactly a model citizen. But anyway, this day in history, he was struck by lightning while pitching and then uh, finished the game. Unlike Ray Hayward, who is an outstanding right. human being. Right. Yes. Um Let's see. So Chuck, I, I guess really... they didn't have the 45-minute or 30-minute wait every time there's a lightning I guess not. in no, the area have, within 10 miles or whatever. Didn't have the detectors. No in. sirens. Yeah. Or, or maybe it was the first lightning. Yeah. That and got. where where did this happen? Uh, this was, I believe, in Cleveland. Yeah, well, because the people in Cleveland are not expected to dodge lightning bolts. It's only the people of Miami. Miami, right. That you expect to be able to dodge lightning uh, bolts. Well, because there's so, they have so much experience of it. You know, down there in South Florida, you know, they get they get quite a few storms, things along those lines. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. There you go. Uh, this, uh, Jamie prefers to play Jickle Ball. Uh, Chuck, I rarely agree with you, but I'm with ya. Thank you. Uh, Jick Ball courts are right next to the Pickleball courts at country clubs across the nation. There you go. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. You know what? I said it before. I think you heard it from Kirby and, and Coach Joey. There's never been a better time than right now to be in this conference. We're excited about realignment. As I said earlier, we're now in four, four time zones. We're in 10 states. 90 million people in our in our footprint. And it gives us uh, a lot of opportunity, candidly. And you know, One of my jobs is, is to think about the new Big 12 and our scale and how do we leverage it in all the right ways. So I'm really excited about our future as it relates to Texas and Oklahoma and leaving. You know, I've said all along, I have no emotion about it. You know, maybe it's just because I'm relatively new in the space. Um, They've been, you know, a big part of our history. And I think this upcoming year is a celebration. It's a celebration for everyone, not only the incoming four that just joined on July 1, but where we're going uh, and also a way to thank both Texas and Oklahoma for all their contributions. I said that during media day. So um, this is going to be a big year for all of us and a year of celebration for sure. And the lie detector does determine that, <laughs> that was a lie. <laughs> wow. I have, I have no so emotion. It's, it's official. Brett, your, your mark has two sides to his mouth. <laughs> yeah. And he's able to speak out of both of them. <laughs> uh, this from the I also loved him calling Coach McGuire Coach Joey. Coach Joey. Coach Joey. Yeah, Coach Joey. Yeah, I had I had never heard that one before either. Yeah. Um, that was that was all very interesting there. <laughs> well, I think he's just trying. I think he was trying to show some respect, you know, just because I think Kirby does a really good job of that. Of you know, with regard to the coaches, it was always you know Coach Tuberville or Coach Kingsbury or Coach Wells or. Uh, Coach McGuire. I mean, he's he's he shows respect for the for the position. I think that's maybe what he was trying to do there, and just said Coach Joey as opposed to Coach McGuire. <laughs> you know, he's standing there, and he's you know in front of the intimidation of Choice Woodman, you know, and and our friend David Collier. He's under the yeah, well, he's under the glare of and Don just, Williams from the. The just, stage of the Avalanche Journal. I just felt that intimidation. Woodman whipped the door open and, yeah, and he you read a fun me sucker. the riot act. Yeah, called for you a fun sucker. Being a fun sucker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Brett Yormark did have uh, thoughts. You know, we talked about this the other day. Greg Sankey coming out and saying that they needed to make changes to the college football playoff. And and just in terms of how they were going to do it, you know, you have the, the, the automatic qualifiers with the conference champions and then the next, you know, level and then, you know, the – you know the buys and all that kind of stuff and here is uh here's his thoughts on the on the college football playoff after what uh, greg sankey the sec commissioner said the other day well i you know i i have thoughts that i'm not going to make public candidly but we have a meeting coming up um and i think we're going to vet out um you know what's happened with realignment and how that might or might not affect um, CFP expansion on a go-forward basis. Uh, I think it'd be premature for me to kind of discuss publicly my thoughts, but I have them. I've, last week we had a meeting with RADs. I got some good input from them on how they're thinking about the world moving forward because it's changed, uh, obviously. But not prepared yet to go public with that and want to wait till I have a chance to communicate with my colleagues. Uh, Commissioner Sankey and I have chatted, as I have chatted with other commissioners as well, since realignment, but uh, I want to address it in a bit of a private forum, and then from there, you know, I'll kind of be a little bit more outbound in my thoughts. I love that word. Uh, I may steal that word, outbound in my thoughts. Like if, you know, if you're asked something at home, I have uh, an opinion on that. I'm going to kind of consult with myself here, and then I'll be more outbound with my thoughts later on this evening. Sweetheart. That's going to be the only time you ever use that. (laughs) Man, all all you did is talk more. That's really what it boiled down to. Outbound. Just say what you got to say, man. Um, I am glad that you don't take up the same theory of he does, that he has... You know, he has internal thoughts that he feels like wouldn't be appropriate to share with mm-hmm. the public. Because the show would be boring if you didn't share your internal thoughts. <laughs> My outbound thoughts. <laughs> your outbound <laughs> thoughts. Now, in fairness to Chuck, <laughs> if he doesn't say his thoughts, he doesn't hear his thoughts to know what his thoughts are. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he has to say them first. <laughs> thought somebody had a doctor's appointment early this morning. Apparently, I'm being monitored. She just responded, won't work. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we'll put that back in the hopper. There's <laughs> one that won't, uh, won't, yeah, won't I would, fly. If I were her and you started with, oh, I'm going to answer that question later <laughs> when I consult my... I would have just... I would have walked away before you probably got to later. So just moved on. <laughs> Do you have a, a sprayer on your sink, Chuck? Like, you know, little, the gun thing that can, uh, when you push it down, it changes where the water comes from instead of from the faucet. It goes to the little gun thing. Where yeah, you can walk. like in the kitchen sink, right? Yeah. Don't walk in the kitchen if your wife's in there with the water <laughs> on right You would get sprayed. She should just get to hose you down. <laughs> yeah. She hates that thing. Um, but maybe she'll find a, a better use for that. I, I'm just saying now. avoid the kitchen for a little bit. Okay. Um Mm. So well, that's where the low-fat wheat things are. <laughs> right, right. Come on, come on. What's, what are we? What are we doing here? All right. Here's uh, here's Kirby Hocutt's thoughts on that same subject with regards to the college football playoff and and making changes. Well, I think the commissioners, you know, need to get together and talk about the the. Um, the automatic qualifiers, uh, ties to conference 
uh, championships with the current realignment that we just went through. But I still believe there's great optimism for the 12-team playoff. Exactly how that's going to be orchestrated uh, is still to be determined, and probably some questions that they thought they had answers to need to be reevaluated. But I think the expansion to 12 teams is still going to be a great thing for college football. I think it's going to bring more interest to the regular season, which is already the best regular season in all of college sports. So, you know, the current conference shuffling does put some questions back on the table, but I don't think it takes away from the expansion to 12 teams, and I think that's still going to strengthen college football and uh, the interest that it has throughout our country. So, so what they'll do is they'll take the six highest-ranking conference champions and the six highest-ranked-at-large teams um, as chosen by the College Football Playoff Committee. The top four conference champions will be, will be seated one through four and receive first-round buys. So previously, the Pac-12 would have been one of those conference champions. And obviously now, with how they've been wounded, you know, down to basically four teams next year. And, and there's, you know, there's talks of mergers with the AAC or, you know, the Mountain West or combination thereof to make a new Pac-12. But let's face it, it won't be near as strong as it was without USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington and Arizona and Arizona State, Utah and Colorado. I mean, they've lost two-thirds of their teams. Sixth highest ranked conference champions? Um, This is what I'm reading here. Okay. As a a reminder, the 12-team playoff will consist of the sixth highest ranked conference champions. Who's the sixth conference? Uh, So we're guaranteeing a group of five conference champion? I believe so. Kick that to the curb. Kick kick that to the curb. I believe so. I mean... Yeah, for, I mean, the, the thing with the Pac-12 is a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Okay, they, they don't get an automatic slot. Mm-hmm. So, again, who's who's the sixth conference? Just some the highest-ranked, the six highest-ranked conference champions? Right. So six, you're going to get, would have had five. Would have had five. And, and then, then one other, maybe from the AAC or the Mountain West or. And again, that so that's not, you're not picking your best 12. Yeah, let me. I'm trying to. And and you can all day long tell me, oh, well, the NCAA tournament's not the best 68 either. Sure. Totally get it. Yeah. Totally get it. Yeah. But why are we guaranteeing a, a spot should... to a group of five team? And a team that is ranked, well, they get into the tournament as ranked as a 14 seed at best, doesn't get a first week, a first round bye either. Yes, they can get in <clears throat> as a conference champion, but they're not getting a number one seed. They're not getting a bye the first week. Yeah, I got to play that first game. I'm not a fan of that, but nobody asked me. I guess uh, one uh, one last thing. Kirby was asked about his preference on automatic qualifiers for the college football playoff. You know, I know that the Big Twelve Conference should always be in a position where we have more than one participant in a 12-team playoff. I think if you look back over history, it'll show that in more years than not, there were two two teams that would have participated. So my goal and my focus is that Texas Tech is one of those 12, and that's what I'm going to be focused on every day. That's pretty simple, right? <laughs> that's pretty simple. So anyway, so I, I think you can. I think we're going to see changes. We're going to see changes pretty quick. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's such a no-brainer with the Pac-12 thing. Yeah, right. Eight, I think get rid of the other stuff, too. 
This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.